We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Shevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. What is up? Welcome to the uncontested post-game edition. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got my man, Kamiya Morabian, along for the ride. I am here, and I'm ready to talk some Thunder basketball. I figured we'd just spend this whole podcast talking about Lincoln Riley rumors. That's a joke. We're not going to do that. The Thunder lose to the Washington Wizards 101-99 to in a highly competitive game, Kamiar. Thunder had a chance to win it at the buzzer. Ball goes halfway down, rattles back out for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. The Thunder rack up another loss uh, that would put them at 6-13 and on the season. Uh, they are climbing those tankathon standings as we speak, up to the sixth best odds only a half game ahead of San Antonio, who won up in Boston tonight. So although the Thunder aren't racking up wins, they are getting better and better lottery odds. Before we dive too deep into this one, shout out to everyone that's joining us on the stream tonight. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can watch us live after every Thunder post game and Sundays at 9 p.m. for our weekly show. If you listen to the podcast version of this, hey, what's up? Thanks for downloading our show. We appreciate you. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast at. Drop a five-star rating, screenshot it, DM it to us on any of our social media channels. I'll mail you some uncontested stickers. I've been sending out. The people at the post office are becoming uh, very familiar with my face as I show up and I say, hey, I need another 10 stamps and some international stuff as well because we've been mailing to all corners of the world. So drop that five star, send us your address. We'll send you uh, some uncontested stickers that are pretty, pretty dope. So call me art. This one, like I said, was a pretty competitive one. The thunder got up uh, by as much as 12 there in, in the first half um, up by as much as 10, 25 to 15 in the first quarter, uh, but then ended the first quarter down 25 or sorry up 27 to 25 so they're up by two when mm-hmm. they were up by 10 at one point uh 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought coming off an ankle injury, that first quarter performance by Shea was really, really nice. And then he went downhill after that. So before we talk about the downhill of Shea, let's talk about first quarter Shea that I thought was maybe the best Shea we've seen all season. I wouldn't say it's the best Shea we've seen all season. Uh, I do think he was really, really efficient. I thought he was able to get his shots, where uh, get to his spots to get to his shots. And he made those shots early on. I think he's had far more like fascinating and fun games um, other than what we saw tonight. I think you saw a very efficient first quarter and we thought he was about to start cooking the entire game. And then it just, it looked like he was one of the other guys running out there. It didn't look like he was anything special after that. Like, yeah, if we're being honest, I, uh, I totally agree with that. I felt like that first quarter, I've talked about it a lot on the show. I felt like in the first quarter, he played very much within the flow of the offense. There wasn't really anything forced. He was taking what was coming to him. He was making good reads and good passes, um, getting to the rim. He, I kind of feel bad for Raul Neto, Neto, however you say his name, of the Washington Wizards, who everyone on the Thunder just wanted to body that man. Um, Shea got in early on that, and I thought he just played very much within the game in that first quarter, and then I thought after that, he started pressing quite a bit. Um, second quarter, it didn't help that he came in the game when OKC was down, and like as a leader of the team, you feel like you have to put the team on your back, and so sometimes you go out of the out of the rhythm of the game, force some things, and just do some things in general that were so unnecessary. Uh, for example, later on down the game, you'd see him, or even early in the game, uh, he would sidestep a three or step back a three. And he was wide open, like just take the shot. What are you, yeah. what are you doing? I felt uh, like someone, and, or he'd catch it while he was open and then pause for a second for a defender to get there, to back yeah. it out. nice. So where it felt like he should have just been going off the catch. Very yeah. weird. It was very weird. Yeah. Um, but with all that said, there was a handful of plays that he made that I thought were really nice where the ball just like rolled off the rim or a three that rattled in and out that if a few of those go in, I think it's, as far as an efficiency standpoint, it's a much different game for him. Uh, he still ends the night with 15 points, eight rebounds, nine assists, one steal, and only one turnover. Um, so he still had a, a, a really balanced night, even though he only went seven of 16 from the field. Um, oh, a four from three is, is well, he was on triple double. He was on triple double watch at the end of the first quarter. We're like, yeah. Hey, he was on triple double watch at the end of the first quarter. And I think he had like eight, four and five or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And he ends up with 15, eight and nine. And it's just like, okay, well, obviously it went downhill pretty quickly from there. Definitely. Um, second quarter, the Washington Wizards win that quarter 31 to 27. Thunder going to the break, come out uh, and just put up a putrid third quarter, only scoring 14 points. I think that was really the nail in the coffin in this one. Um, lots of opportunities to kind of push on the Wizards a little bit and, and get a leader extendedly. They just couldn't do it. Then come out in the fourth quarter and score 31, uh, a really efficient fourth quarter for the Thunder that culminated with uh, a handful of really nice plays, an inbound play from Oklahoma City where Shea was off ball, came around a screen, caught it, and then nobody came to him, so he just drove in for a dunk mm-hmm. to cut the game to a two-point game. Uh, the Thunder got a really great stop on that final Washington possession where Lou Dort just blanketed Bradley Beal, tried to not even let him catch the ball. 
uh, ended up with a, a Washington miss. The Thunder clear a rebound, have about three seconds left, struggle to get the ball in, and Shea kind of shoots a, uh, a, I guess, kind of like a runner three at the buzzer. That was the only thing he could really get off. And uh, damn thing got halfway into the rim and then bounced back out. I thought it was going to go in. Well, but What I thought was weird is that they only gave him 2.8 seconds. He they, they caught the ball, and you can you can see Dagnall calling for a timeout as late as as late as 4.8 seconds left Mm -hmm. and you they still let the two seconds tick off and they're like nope sorry can't do anything about it and it's like how 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 can you not go and review that 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 doesn't that seem like isn't that something that's reviewable is when and take a timeout and when time is and they just didn't do it and it felt like because i was in the arena tonight whenever he called the timeout and like they they blew the play dead there was like 3.8 seconds left on the clock. Yeah. And then when they came back, there was 2.8. And so I was very confused because I figured they called the timeout right on the rebound to set something up. And so I I don't know why they didn't review that or if they did and, and what they looked at. It's very confusing to me and uh, ended up, I mean, kind of costing them because if you call a timeout right on the rebound, you can advance the ball up to midcourt. Right. And then if you have five seconds inbounding at midcourt, I mean, you can run an action first. You can run a, a catch and a dribble handoff and a pass or something, you know, to try to get uh, like a Lou Dort open in the corner yeah. or something. I don't I think, know. I think Dagnall, I think Dagnall where, uh, was pretty upset about that. I mean, like he called it what he thought was on the time, what was on the rebound. So I think a lot of people were in the same, same wavelength there. Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, that's kind of the the game breakdown again. Thunder lose at one hundred one to ninety nine. Dropped a six and thirteen on the season. Um, Kalmir, let's jump into some some players and some stats. The first thing that really jumped out to me on this game is that every player that got time scored. There's not a single player uh, on the roster tonight that that got minutes in this game that didn't score. Lowest points uh, were Favors. He had two, and then Muscala had three. Ty Jerome had four. Uh, Trey Mann and Poku both have seven. Baisley has eight. Uh, JRE, 10. Williams and Giddy, 11. Shea, 15. And Dort, 21. So offensively, it felt like it was a... One of these is not like the other. It felt like a very... Yeah, it felt like a very balanced game, though, where everybody kind of got looks. I mean, Ty Jerome with the, the lowest field goal attempts in the game at two... And Shea with the most at 16, uh, it was a pretty balanced offensive attack, I felt like. I kind of had a problem with it. I mean, like, what do you, what is your goal with the season? At, you know, that's that's what they're that's what they're working toward. What is your goal toward the season? Is it to get better as a team? Is it to get young guys prepared? Is it to I don't know, get get these guys accustomed to the game with like an old head in the game? Like you start all of your young guys, but Kenrich Williams is getting 24 minutes, which is five, five less minutes, five fewer minutes, excuse me, than Josh Giddy. Why is Josh Giddy only getting 29 minutes and Kenrich Williams is getting 24? Then you go to Derek Favors. If you wanted to trade him, why is he only getting 10 minutes? And my man's is not, I mean, like the guy, like 
he, the man, the way the man's playing, he is not getting traded this yeah, year. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't, like, I don't think you, you want to sh- showcasing favors maybe against the Thunder's best interest like, at this point. After after looking about how like and after looking and reflecting about how they've used him this year, you know, about almost twenty games in the season, it definitely looks like they're just going to be using him as cap filler for because his his contract is up next year. Like so. He has one year left on his contract, and they have so many of these tiny contracts. They're going to use that ten million dollars to make to meet that cap floor because I mean the man's isn't getting traded this year. And yeah. then I mean t- uh, Trey Man, I think deserved more minutes. If we're being honest, I think J- Jerry J R E, I think he deserved more than 20, 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baisley was, I mean, he defensively he was okay. I mean, offensively. He, I kind of saw what you were talking about the other day. He is athletic and he's got skills offensively. He can dribble and go in and out, but he doesn't finish. And then you look at Poku. I mean, and Poku has flashes of being a really, really smart basketball player, but also playing within the offense. And when Baisley is not shooting a spot up corner three, it feels like he is not playing within the offense ever. He just takes the ball like, oh, I'm not at the rim or I'm not at the three point line. I think I'll just back out to the three point line and go ISO and literally does nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I said, a, a, and a lot of issues with this, with these minutes, I'm cool with the drone minutes. The tra- Trey man is playing fan- fantastic. I of thought course, Trey had a really nice game. Um, yeah. Trey had a really nice. I'm surprised that it, it, it felt like he had more than seven points. It felt like he had at least 11, 12, which is weird. He affected the game pretty well. I mean, it didn't help that that Gafford guy got like 12 blocks by yeah, himself. He was eating. Um, let's 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 pause on Trey for just a second because I want to talk a little bit more about him. Um, whenever I covered the the Blues opening game for the the G League, I talked to Trey, uh, who said that he was down there to focus on his defense, and then so I, I think the coaching staff is really looking for him to to be a better defender. How did you feel about the way Trey defended tonight? Cause he found himself on Brad Beal multiple times. I thought he defended his ass off. I thought he was really good. He was getting into opponents without actually using his hands. Uh, that's something that he can easily learn from his teammate Lou Dort, but also the coaching staff that's there that obviously teaches defense pretty well. One thing about the OKC Thunder is that offensively they may not be the greatest i mean they're still obviously working at that they're young they're the youngest team in the nba uh but what's been impressive not just for us but for several nba nba analysts is how good okc plays defensively how well they play on closeouts how well they play defensive uh defense cohesively and without fouling for the most part um that's not just in oklahoma city thunder like you know people that follow the the, the that team in particular but people around the league notice that mm-hmm. This is a good defensive team that's going to stay in games and they're going to get back into games with using their defense. And that's something that's really, really special. So good for Trey, man. Uh, again, him going 311, him having some pretty wide open shots. He got a little sauced up there. He he had like a step back three and he tried like a couple in a row because he was getting open. And yeah. the, the level uh, of separation good. he can get off the dribble is really impressive. Like it's. It's very, very impressive. And whenever he can get into more of a flow and, and really find that stroke, I think that could, it's kind of what this team needs right now, right? Is a guy that can just 
make a bucket from the outside because they've struggled mightily from from shooting on the perimeter. So if Trey can find that, yeah, I think that's something they could really use. Yeah, and he's another guy that you add on the court that's talented. He's a ball that would be a ball handler. I mean, like what, what you would have, you could have a lineup of Shea, Giddy, Dort, Trey Man, and then plug. I don't know. Who who would you plug Poku at the five and just see what Sign happens? Sign me up, baby. And because you got Shea who's six six, he can play. Hey, Trey Man six five. You you got you got Josh Giddy who's like basically six nine. He said he's six eight, then goes into another reporter and says he's six nine. Uh, you got Trey the Man metric who's system, six man. five. No, you but got, nobody can convert the metric system. My, Come on, my now. man Lou Dort is like he's the shortest one on the court, mm-hmm. but he doesn't look too short, which is is it's, it's just interesting to think about. Lou and plays could, way bigger than he is. You could you could really really run out that kind of lineup, and you have several guys. All those guys can handle the ball, uh, so I think that's very very interesting. Definitely another interesting little nugget. Every I told you that every player that played tonight for the Thunder scored. Every player that played for the Thunder tonight also attempted a three point shot. Don't like that. I, it's kind uh, of fascinating. Derek Favors should never be taking three-point shots. If he He's the only one that I'm against, against it for. Hey, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, two of three from three again. This He's man reliable. is shooting 40% from the, free th- or from the three-point line. He's reliable, but I hate him starting at the f- at the five. He needs Oklahoma needs a Oklahoma City needs a real center, and it needs not to be Chet Holmgren because that dude is slow as heck. I'm like, kind of incredibly a fan slow. of JRE. Um, they actually on ESPN.com, they have the Thunder not starting a center and starting two power forwards. I'm kind of in favor of Robinson Earl starting at the four. I think that's interesting when yeah, they get I, like a know, legit that's, five. That's how I would start him. I would start him at the four. I mean, just like any normal team, he's also what six foot eight, six foot nine, mm-hmm. but he moves really, really well. He moves laterally quite well. He, yeah. he, He's from Villanova. He spent a year there under Jay Wright, and Jay Wright's a fantastic coach uh, fundamentally. And so you saw him take a couple charges. Uh, He's a good big man as far as uh, pick and pop. And so I'm really excited to see what he does. And, like, yeah, he stayed a year in college. But, I mean, like, it feels like he stayed all three or four years in college, and that's not the case. Um, So I'm really happy that Oklahoma City, you know, found another – guy outside of the first round that's going to be a contributor to this team for a while. I mean, Lou Dort, we'll see what that contract situation looks like. He's like, he'll be himself contributing for a while. And he, um, you know, he, 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 well, he wasn't even drafted, right? And he was yeah. signed a free agency. Un- undrafted free agent. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. And then you, then you look at you know, your first round picks and Terrence Ferguson, who are basically out of the league and they're going to go play somewhere else. And then basically if he doesn't, improve as far as his flow of the game his understanding of the game because defensively he's fantastic sure i thought he's been really good defensively yeah uh, but i mean he's... i thought kuzma got the better of basely a little bit tonight and i, I was yeah. kind of thinking like is kyle kuzma just a souped up darius basely i feel like there's some similarities there i think there's two different mentalities there i think that's fair i, th- I feel like the style of basketball they want to play that I feel like Baisley wants to be like a Kyle Kuzma. Like that's the style of basketball he plays. I think we want I think we all wanted Baisley to be like Josh Giddy. And that's the chance that Oklahoma that City is very took fair. On. And I think that's very it's very apparent that Josh Giddy 
is the leader on the court when Shea's off the court and even going for 12 tonight and his box score early on wasn't that wasn't that fantastic still finishes 11 7 and 4 he goes 0 2 um of course like any rookie and this team in general it's not a good is not a good free throw shooting team and uh so Josh Giddy um I mean I think he deserved more than 29 minutes I think JRE deserves more than 23 minutes especially if they have that bromance going on why are you giving and, and then again if the point of this entire team is to get better if the point of this entire team is to make your young men uh, more valuable and to put them into real NBA situations, why are you playing Kenrich Williams 24 minutes? Yeah. He's 26, 27. He's not a, a, a part of this long-term plan. Uh, I think at one point, he, in, who knows? He might, he might li- really like this team and that's awesome. He has no business playing 24 minutes. Uh, could I see him playing 15 minutes? And then you take away all Derek Favors minutes and then you dump them all on Josh Giddy, You dump them all on JRE. Yeah. You even dump some Mike Muscala's way and Ty Jerome. I, I really just don't like the amount of minutes they played those guys. I mean, like at the end of the, at the end of the day, your, your, your goal is to develop and not to win games. And I mean, they're competitive and that's fun, but yeah, uh, I, of course I'm not saying they should look like the rockets who are refusing to play John wall, but I'm saying that if your goal is improvement, you need to get these young guys on the court because you saw what Trey main could do in, in the G league. That's why I said, okay, so he's going to like, you know, start the parade now. They're going to be summer league champs next year. Like look at what Josh Giddy, JRE, uh, Trey man. Look at all those dudes are doing right now. Can you imagine and, if they play? They all three play summer league next year. That'd be fun. With, with say the Thunder get like in poker too. I, I have I have a hard time seeing them play Josh Giddy at summer league next year. Joseph Dieterman says they're selling on Kenrich. Yeah, well, can you can you, do you think teams would take Kenrich and Derek at the same time for like? And what would you want from that? That's tough. I think Kenrich Williams. I tweeted it from the account tonight. I think Kenrich Williams could be in the eight man rotation of nearly any team in the league. I just think he's he's the type of player that I think every coach wants. He plays his ass off. You can throw him basically two through four. He'll defend anybody. He's tough as nails. He'll I rebound. Thinking, I just remember thinking when he was at TCU, he's such an awkward ball handler, and he still is a very awkward ball handler, but for some reason, it just works for him, Yeah, and so good for him. And shout out to him for, for carving himself. I mean, he was basically out of the league. The New Orleans Pelicans had to sign him to salary match the Steven Adams trade. That's why he ended up in Oklahoma City. Yeah, those those TCU teams, they were they were gritty and they really like cuz you know, I know I know you're not too much into college hoops, but I pay attention to a lot of it, especially of course the Big 12. And Kenrich Williams, uh that Desmond Bain kid that's playing for Memphis, I think right mm-hmm. now. Um all those guys, they they're cut from the same cloth. They're very very scrappy. Uh, they're typically good shooters. Uh, they, they like to play defense. They'll do anything to get on that court. And so good for Kenrich for actually, you know, carving a name out of for out for himself, not with just with the Pelicans, but with the Thunder and uh, the Joseph Union. You bring up a good point, but man, like I, to what to what extent you just start you just you just play him all the way through February and just like hey, he's here. You like what? What would you want in 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 return for yeah. Kenrich? You gonna a second round, another second rounder? 
I mean, I, I don't know if you can get a first rounder for him. Maybe you can get like a heavily protected first for him or something. I don't know. So um, let, let's move on. Cause there's another guy I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, Cause I, I know you are very conflicted on him. I wanted to kind of see what you thought. Cause I thought he played a good game tonight. Uh, Alexei Pokashevsky, 19 minutes, 7.6 rebounds, two assists, a steal should have had three assists, but got called for a charge that I didn't agree with, but it was a very nice pass from it was Poku. It was and Dagnalt said post-game that he actually thought about leaving Poku in to close the game. He subbed him out with about five minutes to go and put Baisley back in there, who promptly caught a pass on a cut, made a layup, and then splashed a three. And I was like, okay, Baisley, five yeah. points and, and two possessions. That's the most efficient you've been in like a month. So good for him on that. But how did you feel about, about Poku's game tonight? and specifically playing within the team construct. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think he played really well within the team's philosophy. There were a couple of times that I was like, what are you doing? But that's pretty He went rogue normal. a few times, but that's... Yeah, well, that I like to call that the Poku shit. He just does Poku shit. That's pretty normal, especially for a 19-year-old uh, that's still really, really young, still filling himself out. He's still like, you know, he's still putting on muscle, still putting on weight. Um, he's got a high IQ. He's, he's talented. He obviously went coast to coast Did a, had a couple of really fancy moves and a finger roll, which was again just like, on raw NATO. It's just like, just incredible. I know the think, best part of that calm is he smoked the finger roll and had to get a putback. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that part. And, but like, uh, he defensively, he still has a long way to go for me. Like he, it blows my mind. Like, yes, Poku, you are, you are like what seven foot tall and you are still defending guys with your arms down. Why, why are you yeah. doing, well, why do you do this? And there are so many guys like, like Raul Neto or in guys, the three that are literally half a foot shorter than him and that don't have half his wingspan. Of course, that's an exaggeration. Most people have more than half his wingspan, but like 
there are so many chances that he could actually affect the game blocking from the weak side as a wing and just doesn't do it. I mean, like, again, you saw the Thunder. What was it? I saw the stat earlier. There were a couple of stats I was looking at. Assist, they out-assisted the, the Wiz. And they should have, of course, you know, we talk about potential assists on this podcast so many times because our our uh, the Thunder and Mark Dagnall, their team, they just can't make shots. They're just not yeah. very good shot makers other than Trey Mann, who just also went three of 11. They're still, there's this young team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, they, they, they won the turn. They won the assist battle 23 to 17, but Oh my God, look at the blocks, dude. 12 to four. Yeah. Uh, in this game. And it shouldn't be like that. I mean, JRE, he's a small ball. He, he's not small. He's a small ball five and he's a four. He should never be playing the five legitimately. I know like he loves the Warriors and Draymond Green and he wants to play that style of ball. Um, and OKC probably will be able to one day uh, considering just like how big Josh Giddy is. And Josh Giddy may not be a great one-on-one defender, but he's a very good positional defender. Uh, he knows where to get his feet in place. That's also because his mom and dad played sports and he was basically coached to be a basketball player his entire life. And also he talked crap about the NBA uh, or other other leagues, I suppose, college and the G League, because the, M- the NBL, he's basically saying, is full of grown-ass men that mm-hmm. would beat you to hell. And so that also prepared him for the game. But, I mean, I don't know. Poku's Poku. He needs to be using his length more. And that's that's the thing. And his jump shot's a little bit higher. His jump shot's a little bit more elevated. It's less push shot. He's got yeah, a little I think especially he's got like a little catch at the three-point line and take one dribble in and hit like a little midi pull-up that I think looks really nice. The three ball still looks kind of iffy but i think the the little mid-range pull-up uh actually looks really nice and um yeah i don't know i mean i i thought he played very much within the flow of the game tonight he he had a few poku moments uh but i thought for the most part he he looked really good he did hit that three was that in the fourth quarter and gave like a really big fist pump like he was super stoked that one finally went down but last year was all about flashes of potential with him and i think this year is more like they're trying to make him realize he has to earn his minutes and he has to play within some sort of system and construct and flow. You have a role. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, and I think that's starting to get there. You know, we're, we're, we're like you mentioned, almost 20 games in, we're about a fourth of the way into the season. And I think now is the time we can start getting a little bit of things that we can take away and uh, pinpoint. And I think Poku's kind of learning to play that role now. And uh, that's, to me, that's a that's a good thing for a 19-year-old. So let's end with Josh Giddy because you mentioned him there just a, a few times. First, defensively. I thought he played good defense again tonight. He he understands angles. He's not the most athletic guy in the court, but mm-hmm. I feel like he gets to spots very well. Like there was a play today where he was guarding Kuzma, who came off a, a screen coming back up to the top of the the, the key and curled off it, and Josh knew where he was going and just tried to beat him to the spot. And I don't know. I mean, I think defense is a lot of IQ in a way, and Josh has that. And and so that was one of my big Josh takeaways today. We got to talk about the passing. I mean, we always do, but the kind of no-look left-hand whip pass to the cutting Kenrich Williams, maybe my favorite pass of his of the season. And then he had... 
a pass to to Lou Dort there to start the second half where he like it was almost the, like a quarterback whenever the defender's not looking you just throw it over his head. Hmm. Just I, really impressive stuff by him. Which one of those was the cross court bounce pass across the entire key and made one bounce in the key and made it to the actual offensive player? That might have been the uh the Kenrich Williams pass that I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah. That was special. In, insane. And then the thing that jumped out to me tonight, Kamyar, you mentioned that he did not have a super efficient scoring. And I thought he missed a lot at the rim. Four of 12 tonight. He tried to dunk again. He tried to dunk several times. And then he met got, Daniel and then, Gafford. And then Daniel Gafford promptly swatted his crap. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Daniel Gafford sounds like somebody that lives next door to Bilbo Baggins. I was just. It's a I, very Hobbit name. I was just like Rudy Gobert didn't even do doesn't even <laughs> yeah. do this to OKC. How is this Daniel Gafford guy just coming in and just like completely wiping just, out yeah. anything OKC tries to do in the middle of the lane? And then maybe that's that maybe that's the reason why Shea was so uh, maybe that was the reason why Shea was so inefficient tonight because he wasn't able to get to his spots like after the first quarter, especially when they put KCP on him. Gafford played 27 minutes, and then when he wasn't in, Montrez Harrell was like making basically all of the buckets he could that shouldn't have gone in. I don't yeah. know how half those shots went in. Yeah, good for him. But the other thing that from Giddy that really jumped off the page to me tonight, we, we've watched him the past two games be the primary ball handler, uh, really never be off the ball offensively. He's, he's setting everybody else up tonight, off the ball a lot more for him as Shea had the ball in his hands. But Giddy has really nicely timed cuts to the basket. And when you think about it, that's not that surprising because as a playmaker and a high IQ player in what he is, he's typically passing to those cutters. And so he understands when to cut. And so whenever he's off ball, he gets to do that. And at six foot eight, a six foot eight guy cutting to the rim and catching a pass where he doesn't even have to dribble. It's typically a pretty good thing. He had one from Shea early on. He had another two or three cuts tonight that, to me, were just very high IQ, instinctional, like understanding how to move on a basketball court. And that's, I mean, part of Giddy's game moving forward, I think, is going to be him learning to play a little more off ball uh, because if he's playing next to Shea, they're going to share on ball duties. He's going to have to learn how to shoot that shoot the ball. Yes, <laughs> definitely so. But But the cutting to me was something positive i mean like he he grew he grew the man the man grew up with a ball in his crib i mean his parents i mean his dad's a basketball coach uh and not like you know, some like local basketball coach like a like legitimate like high ranking basketball coach and yeah both parents uh, played pro ball they both they, they both played pro ball and so he knows the game i mean he's been coached his entire life and so, like, for me to say he's instinctual, like, yeah, of course he should, he should be instinctual in high IQ because literally he learned the game um, from his own coaches, but from his own parents. And so they know what real basketball looks like, especially in the NBL, where there are a lot of good players. Like, if you had all the players in Australia uh, that actually went and played for Australia during the Olympics and you had all the players from Canada, they were able to go to Canada and play for Canada during the Olympics. They were able to actually play um, or that were unable to play Australia and Canada are right up there with the best countries as far as basketball in the world. And so, I mean, Josh is just highly coached. Um, he knows where to go with balls. He knows where to go with spots. 
And it just also helps that he likely had these skills at such a young age that he was able to fine tune some of the things he likes best, which is finishing softly at the rim. He does like to finish pretty soft, especially going. He likes to go reverse a lot, which I think is fun. I uh, mm-hmm. know he should dunk the ball more. And of course, just the, the no look passes, which is incredible. I think as he gets stronger, I mean, he's 19 years old right now when he gets 22, 23 and he gains weight and he gets into an NBA gym with NBA trainers and puts muscle on. Uh, I think you'll see him be even more efficient at the rim as he's able to move guys around. And I think you'll, that's when you'll see him maybe start dunking a little more. I like dunks. So awesome. I think that'll do it for us tonight. Hey, if you join the live stream tonight, thanks again. We had a lot of people in here hanging out. So we really appreciate that. If you listen to the podcast version, again, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. If you have not already, drop that five-star rating, send it to us. We will send you some uncontested stickers. Everyone wants stickers. Throw it on your car. Put it on your computer. Put it on your wife's car. I don't care. Put it anywhere. Once again, the Thunder lose to the Washington Wizards 101 to 99. We'll be back with you guys again Sunday night at 9 p.m. Central Time for our weekly live stream show. An hour long of us talking Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA-wide basketball. So make plans. Come hang out with us Sunday evening. Get your beverage of choice and chill with us. We'll have a great time. Until then, you guys have a great Saturday. Enjoy Bedlam if you're in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you soon. Until then, and as always, Thunder up.